Good morning. It's nice to see so many of you today on this Dedication Sunday. Welcome to those of you who are visitors with us today. Thank you, Gary. I just want to ask you a question. Has someone been kind to you today? Someone been kind to you? Give me a wave if someone's been kind to you today. Well, that's nice. But there's some people who, some, someone not been kind to you today? Has anyone not had anyone be kind to him? Give me a wave. Seriously, it's worth it. Give me a wave. I've been kind to you. I said good morning. Give me a wave if you've not been kind to. Because I've got you, Freddo. Oh, yeah. Now, now everyone's been on kinds. Gary, come and help me out because I just, I don't throw them. I've got five Freddos. Gary, if people look sad this morning. You keep one, Gary, for being kind and helping me. Were the steps unkind to you so you fell down them this morning? It's nice when people are kind to you, is it not? When people are kind, it is nice. It sticks with you. Equally, when people are unkind, or when steps are unkind, it, it sticks with you. It makes a mark on you. Mark Twain says this, Kindness is the language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Kindness goes beyond barriers, goes beyond anything, goes beyond language and says something completely different and infiltrates our hearts and changes our souls if we allow it to. You know, in this morning we've dedicated three children some of you in this room will be parents also. And, you know, sometimes it is really hard to be kind to your children. This morning on Speaking on Kindness, I have two children. And I was really conscious that if I was unkind to them this morning, when they were running late, and when they were asking me for things that they should have asked me for at a different point, and when they were still in the bath at like 15 minutes before it was time to leave the house... If I was unkind to them, I was going to really struggle to do this message. So I was really patient and I really bit my tongue and I was kind. And so I feel like I can do it this morning. But there are times when things don't come out of us that we would like. There are times when we as parents shout at our children or get upset with them or maybe with our friends or other family and we wish that we hadn't behaved in such a way. You know, when Mark Twain says that kindness is the language that the deaf can hear and the blind can see, it's so important that we embed kindness into us as individuals and as family members as well because it actually goes beyond anything else and says so much more. It says more than the memories that we make because we actually create an atmosphere that says I love you. We create an atmosphere that says you're important. And not only is it important for those parents who've dedicated the children today to create that atmosphere, but it's important for each and every one of us in our relationships to create that atmosphere. So how do we do that? Because let's be honest, it's not always easy to be kind. It's not always easy when we're not feeling great to, to be the way that we would perhaps like to be. So how, how do we do it? You know, the Bible tells us in Galatians 5 verses 22 to 23 that when God helps us, 
that he can give us fruits that grow in our life. When we let God into our lives more and more and we invite him in, then he grows within us and he gets bigger within us so that what we do is more about who God is than who we are. And I don't know about you, but I know who I am sometimes isn't always the best and who I am sometimes isn't very kind. So I know that I definitely need more of God in me so that he's growing in me so what comes out of me is more of God and less of me. And in Galatians 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, the things that God can grow within us, and that they are love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness. That's a good thing. Kindness is in there. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I need a little bit of all of them. I don't know about you. But if this morning you're sitting there and you're thinking, I find it really hard to be kind. Some people just seem to easily have lots of joy or easily have lots of patience. I'm working on that one. It's not happening quickly for me. But God can help to give us those things that we need if we only ask him and let him grow within us. So I want to encourage you this morning that if you're sitting there and you think, um, kindness just really doesn't work for me, that God wants to help you and God can equip you and God can give more of himself to you to help you be kind. And for those parents who've had the children dedicated and the family around them, all the things that you need to create that environment for your child to grow up, where they know that they are loved, where they are supported, are right there. It's gone. But they were right there in that Galatians part of the Bible. So let's get back to it, kindness. So how do we do it? How do we let kindness grow and flow from us so that it, it touches the lives of people in an unbelievable way? And surprisingly, I don't think it starts with looking at other people. I believe the first step in living a life of kindness is this. Know who you are. Know who you are. You know, for some of you this morning, you've received a Freddo. Have you eaten it? Has it gone? Good. And you probably think, oh, that was really nice. You know, there's a big difference between being nice and being kind. Being kind is based on our values and beliefs. Being nice is based on how we want other people to see us. Why are we kind? Why, or why do we do good things for people? Do we do them because we want them to see us in a certain way? Because we want them to love us? Because we want them to think, oh, that was a good preach, I got a Freddo. Why do we do the things that we do? Niceness is very different from being kind. Because being kind is a value and comes out of who you are and what you believe. Niceness doesn't last Kindness can last the test of everything that you go through. You've got to decide who you are. As family units, you've got to decide who you are and what you're going to bring into your family. Who are we going to be as a family? Are we going to be kind? Are we going to, there may be many other things that you want to be, but are we going to be kind as a family? Will we get it wrong sometimes? Definitely. Will we always get it right? Not at all. But make that decision. Know who you are as an individual and how you want to be. You know, kindness starts with being kind to ourselves. 
And if being kind to other people means that we're unkind to ourselves, then there's something deeply wrong. If you can't be kind to yourself, then you've got to go back to the basics of what you believe and what you believe about who you are and that you are valued and that you are loved. You know, we sang that song, didn't we, that, that how much God loves us and that we are who he says we are. Do we really believe that this morning? Do we really know that we are loved and that we are valued and that we are important? Because if we don't, it's very hard to love and value and let other people know that they are important. It comes right back to knowing who we are and that we are loved so that we can know who we are to know that, well, I want to love and I want to be kind. The first step on living a life of kindness is to know who you are. There's part of the Bible called Ezekiel. And God is talking to a man called Ezekiel. And I've just taken one verse out of chapter 20. But it's basically when God's talking to Ezekiel about the children of Israel. Who've sort of gone off the rails a little bit. And they've been sent away to captivity. And they're slaves in a foreign land. And God wants to bring them back. And this is what God says, because he was not happy with them, how they were living their lives before they went to captivity. And he says this, and this is God talking. Then I thought better of it. I acted out of who I was, not by how I felt. And I acted in a way that would evoke honor, not blasphemy, from the nations around them. Nations had seen me reveal myself by promising to lead my people out of Egypt. God acted out of who he was, not how he felt. How many of us, on a minute-to-minute -minute basis, act out of how we feel? We all do, don't we? And yet God wants to teach us that there's a different way and there's a better way by acting out of who we are. And we can only do that once we know who we are. So it takes us right back to that beginning. Do we know who we are so we can act out of who we are, not how we feel? The second thing I want to say to you this morning is no more excuses. And it ties in with what I've just read. It's so easy to make excuses that we're tired, that we're having a difficult time, that we feel guilty, that oh, that's just how I was brought up. This was how I was brought up, so this is just what we do. But we can make a choice that this is who we are going to be as a family unit. This is who I am going to be as an individual. And from that place, we can be kind. We can bring peace. We can have joy. It works for anything and everything. It's not just kindness. However you want your family life and your individual life to be, make that choice that I'm not going to make excuses anymore. I'm going to decide who I am and act out of that instead of how I feel. You know, and when we do make excuses, it's always someone else's fault, isn't it? You know, very often... When I have to say sorry to my own kids, I'll often say, I'm really sorry that I shouted or that I was like this. I'm really tired. That's my general one. I'm tired. So it's not really my fault. It's just tiredness. You know, or maybe it's the dog's fault if it's to do with your homework. Or it's somebody else's fault because they started something else off. But we always like to pass the blame to something like tiredness or someone like the poor dog instead 
of saying, actually, I didn't act out of who I am. I acted out of something else and I take full responsibility for it. Excuses zap our motivation. They stop us doing things. And yet God wants to challenge and change us to grow and to put our lives to be a certain way. Resolve within yourself to be kind. Make it part of your family. Make it part of your individual life. Make it part of your friendships. And then that way when tiredness and emotion and all these things come, it doesn't change who we are. It doesn't cause us to be inconsistent. It doesn't cause us to give up when it gets difficult being kind, when people are unkind to us. Do we just stop being kind to them? Or do we keep being kind just simply because we are kind and it doesn't matter how other people behave to us? It allows us to say we're sorry when we do get it wrong because let's be honest, even when we put all these things in place in our lives, we're never going to be perfect. But kindness means that we can say sorry when we get it wrong. And it takes us back to that first step. Well, do I really know who I am? Do I need to go back to basics and look at myself and work through it? I want to encourage you this morning to be stronger than your excuses and to stick with what you believe and what you want for yourselves as a family, for those of you who've had children dedicated, and for you as an individual for the rest of us. It's so easy to react. And sometimes we react and it's good, but sometimes we react and not good things come out of us. And so I want to encourage you, let your life come out of the overflow of God and within you. Let God be bigger within you and let that overflow out of you. And that way it doesn't drain you and you're not tired because it's coming out of more of what God is within you. So the first thing is know who you are. The second one is let's have no more excuses. And the third one is be known by your fruit. Luke chapter 6 says this. It says, don't get wormy apples off a healthy tree, nor good apples off a diseased tree. The health of the apple tells the health of the tree. You must begin with your own life-giving lives. It's who you are, not what you say and do that counts. Your true being brims over into true words and deeds. You've got to go back and look at, well, who am I? Who do I want to be? If you look at yourself and you think, I don't like that. I don't want to be like that. Then that's okay. Begin to bring change to your life. Look at being somebody different. Look at bringing some health and some goodness within you. You know, Jesus was a gentle force. Everything that he did was out of kindness. And you may look at Jesus' life sometimes and think, well, he did some, some things that maybe didn't particularly seem kind. Sometimes kindness is telling people when they need to change. Sometimes kindness is getting rid of things in places that shouldn't be there. Jesus did everything out of kindness. He wanted the unwanted. He touched the untouchable. And he was kind to the unkind. And Jesus this morning wants to reach out to you. And you may know him. Or you may have heard of him. But this morning he wants to reach out to you in his kindness and call you to him and invite you in and ask you to be his friend. I want to read to you an account from Matthew 
of when Jesus heals a man. And then I've just got a few more things that I want to say. Matthew 8, verses 1 to 4. It says, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, a lot, large crowds followed him. What followed him? Yeah, okay. So remember that, it's important. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can clean me. So what's around him? A large crowd, yeah? Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was clean, cleansed of his leprosy. And what's around them? Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone. But go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Does that seem strange to anyone else? Jesus has got, he, does, he hasn't just got a large crowd. It says large crowds in the plural. So there was more than one crowds. That's a lot of people. There was a lot of people following Jesus around the mountain. And he says, don't tell anyone. It's like me doing something and then saying to everybody in here, don't tell anyone. But there's that many people around, it just doesn't make sense to me. There was a whole crowd watching Jesus heal this man. A whole crowd who probably ooed and awed and were waiting for the miracle to happen because that's what Jesus had been doing. And just like, wow, this man had leprosy. And they probably were talking amongst themselves. And I'm sure that if you're short like me, everybody couldn't actually see what had happened. So they're passing the information back. Some lepers just got healed. This man's just been healed. He's no longer leprous. It was spreading like wildfire through the crowd before Jesus could even even say don't tell anyone it just seems ironic to me it just doesn't seem right so why did he say it the man in the account had to go back to the beginning of what we've talked about this morning he had to know who he was and in Jewish culture the process was if you'd had a skin disease and you were healed from the skin disease however that happens that you would go and present yourself to a priest and the priest would inspect you, like a doctor, I suppose, and say, actually, yes, this person is clean. And lepers at the time weren't allowed within normal society. So the priest would say, you can come back and live within society with everyone else because you're clean again. And the leper had to go back to that first stage. He had to know who he was. He went to the priest to know that he was clean. It was enough that he could see. Leprosy wasn't a hidden disease. You could see it all over your body, the parts of your body that were left from it. It was an horrendous disease. And the man would know. He wouldn't have needed to have gone to the priest. He would know that he was healed. The pain of it would be gone. His skin would be back to how it should have been. He would know. And yet Jesus told him, go to the priest and do things in the right way and in the right manner. Jesus was teaching him that it's not about what we shout about and what we say, but it's actually about what we do that spreads the kindness and the things that go on. Jesus showed his kindness to the man that day. 
And many people would have oohed and aahed and word would have spread that there'd been another healing. But on that one-to-one level, there was an act of kindness. That that man was no longer outcast. That man was no longer away from everybody, but could come back. And that man will have known that from what had physically happened to him. And yet Jesus said to him, go to the priest, do the right things, because then you'll be accepted back in by all. The act of kindness that Jesus did to him suddenly, when he worked through things in that correct manner, became an act of kindness to and through the whole community for that man. You know, this morning, I can stand up here and shout about the kindness of God and that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross for you and for me. That he took our place where we should receive the punishment for our sin. That he forgives our sins. That there is an eternity waiting for us when we accept him as our Lord and Saviour. That there is healing and freedom in a life with him. And I can stand up here and shout about it all day. And yet this morning, God wants you to know that he did that for you. And through those around you, he wants to encourage you that there is kindness. I hope this morning when you came in, you felt welcome. I hope this morning when you came in that somebody said hello to you. I hope this morning when you came in you felt loved and appreciated as someone showed you to a car parking space or opened the door for you as you came in or gave you a smile as they served you a coffee or helped you to your seat because that's Jesus on ground level meeting you as you came into this place to say as a community we want to welcome you. That man when he was healed of leprosy it was an act of kindness to him. But when he went to the priest, that community were able to welcome him in. And this morning, we want to welcome you into our community. We want to extend our kindness to you and show you that Jesus loves you and that Jesus died for you and that Jesus wants you to know that you are accepted no matter what you think about yourself or no matter where you have been. But he wants you to be part of who he is. He wants you to be part of his family and he wants you to know that you are loved. This morning, Jesus wants to extend that kindness to you. And I don't want you to go away from this place without having the opportunity to say, I want to be part of this community that Jesus welcomed the man back in. I want through Jesus' act of kindness, of dying on that cross, I want to then be brought back into the community just just like that man was. So this morning, we want to welcome you here, but we want to give you the opportunity to know that you are loved. And that Jesus wants you to be part of what he is doing. Amelia Earhart. Some of you may know who she was. She was um, a famous female. What's the word? Pilot. I was trying to say flyer, but I was like, that's bad grammar. And um, she had some amazing stories of things that went on in her life. And she had some amazing challenges as well. One for being a woman in a time where there weren't many female pilots, but also for just stretching herself and doing new things and going above and beyond what she thought anyone could do. And she says this about kindness. A single act of kindness throws out roots in all directions and the roots spring up 
and make new trees. This morning, I want to invite you to take on that root of kindness that Jesus has thrown out to you, to plant it in your heart and allow it to grow. This is the root that we want to grow in those families that have committed to to bring their children up in God's ways this morning so that kindness fills their lives. But also, it is something that we want to grow in you too. So this morning, I want to give you an opportunity, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never made that commitment before, that Jesus wants to meet with you this morning, bestow his kindness on you and invite you into his family.